Welcome to the Love and Life After Divorce podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. On this podcast, you will feel empowered to release the feelings of shame, trauma, isolation, and sense of loss that can often come from a difficult marriage, painful breakup, and divorce. You will be given the insights and inspiration you need to love yourself fiercely, be sure of your worthiness, and to handle the challenges of post-divorce life with strength and humor. Hello, everybody. So nice to have you back again this week. I like to call these days when I don't have guests, Tiffany's titillating talks. Um, I'm going to be coming to you. I'm going to try about once a week to come to you with some thoughts, some things that have been swirling in my head. I do a lot of writing. So a lot of times what I come back to you with will be something that I wrote, my musings, my monologues. So today is one of those days. As I'm recording this, the Olympics are going on. They're getting close to finishing. And it's so inspiring watching all of those amazing, talented athletes. Just, they blow me away. But I'm finding this Olympics is bringing up a lot of issues for people. And I don't know if it's because of backing up to the pandemic. Um, We're even seeing in the athletes the effects of stress and trauma, right? Um, There was the male tennis player that basically had a temper tantrum on the, the court and through his racket and and caused quite a scene. There was another female diver that um, went feet, feet first into the water because she was worried if she did her um, trick that she had been working so hard on that she would hurt herself. And so she just went feet first and got the zero. And then there was Simone Biles. And Simone Biles is the one that really got me in the heart and really got me thinking. And I've had really interesting, fascinating conversations with people about Simone Biles. I think part of it is that she embodies so much for so many women. She's just this fierce little powerhouse of a strong woman. She stands her own. She doesn't let anybody push her around. Um, She is a survivor of sexual assault and she opened up and talked about it. She has been through more training and more challenges and more hard work and more grit and determination than, I don't know, a million people combined. I don't know. She's just phenomenal, right? She's kind of the standard of um, athletes. So this year when she pulled out of the Olympics, it threw everybody for a loop, threw a lot of people for a loop. And I ended up posting something on my fa- my Instagram and my Facebook, you know, um, something to support her and support you and you're a strong woman and you've got no, nothing to prove and good job uh, taking care of your own mental health. But 
I felt a little bit like a fraud when I posted that. And I actually had a conversation with my boyfriend that night about how I felt a little bit like a fraud. And I woke up the next morning feeling insanely like a fraud and with this burning desire to write. And so I wrote an article called Dear Simone Biles, I Have a Terrible Thing to Admit. I'll link the article in the comments below. So what is this terrible thing I have to admit? What is this feeling of being a fraud about? Well, initially, when I heard the announcement that she was pulling out, and I'm, I feel like I need to whisper this, <laughs> I still feel a little bit ashamed even though I've written about it and I've talked about it. Um, I, initially, I, I, I didn't really support her. I mean, the first thoughts that came to my mind was I was a little disappointed. I was shocked. I, I said, in my head, I'm thinking, how can you let your team and your nation down? You've worked so hard for this. How can you do this? Like, are, are you letting yourself down? And why are you quitting now? Strong women don't quit. <sighs> yeah. Ouch, right? Like, ouch. Those are some loaded, loaded thoughts. Now, really important thing about self-love is acknowledging your thoughts and sitting with them and reflecting on them and thinking about, okay, where did these thoughts come from? Because these thoughts aren't necessarily in alignment with who I am. So I'm coming from a bit of a triggered place. And so I really wanted to sit and examine these thoughts and, and think, why? Why am I so triggered by this? I mean... She's an athlete that I care about and I love to watch, but why would her actions trigger me? Her actions, that's, that's, those are her decisions. That's her life. Why am I being triggered by this? And I realized something. I realized that it was almost like looking at her. It's looking in the mirror, right? Like I was looking at myself and my life decisions. And so... When I was saying to her, how can you let your team down? How can you let your nation down? I was really talking about myself, right? These were ugly thoughts that I had in myself. So um, as you guys know, I was with my ex-husband for 19 years. We were together four years and then got married and, and 15 years marriage. And so 19 years altogether. And that's a long time to be with somebody, you know, and two children. And what I said to myself over and over and over again in my marriage was, how can you let your children down? How can you let your family down? How can you let your friends down? Even though I was miserable, it didn't matter how stressed I was, how sad I was, how much the stress and sadness was taking its toll on my health. It didn't matter that our fighting was damaging my children. I didn't want to let everybody else down, right? But what I realize is in trying not to let everybody else down, I was ultimately letting 
everyone down because I wasn't being true to what I needed and to what I knew was not in alignment with my core. I knew things were bad, really bad. I knew it was rough. I knew that this marriage I was in was making me very ill. I knew that here I am, a young mother of two children. I'm on 12 different medications for blood pressure and thyroid issues and kidney issues and you name it, pre, <laughs> pre-diabetic, like you name it, I was on medication for it. My body was just falling apart and I was in, in the hospital twice. Um, one time a code stroke called on me. We, we didn't know what was wrong. Yeah, I literally had an ambulance take me to the hospital and the hospital called a code stroke on me when I got there. And it was all from not being in alignment with what my needs were. It was all from living in a way that was self-abusive. I was hurting myself by not quitting my marriage, right? So what I learned from Simone was she wasn't letting her teammates down. She wasn't letting her country down. She was giving space for others to stand up and do what they need while she gave space for herself to do what she needs to do. So for me, not quitting, quitting, I'm using air quotes, on my marriage, I was really quitting on myself and in turn hurting my children and in turn hurting my ex-husband. We weren't good for each other. We were bringing out the worst in each other. I realized when that thought went through my head of, you worked so hard for this. You worked so hard for this. Why are you quitting now? That, once again, putting the mirror up, that's what I was saying to myself. Here I was, a single mom, going to grad school, working full time, being a baseball team mom, being scorekeeper for my son's baseball team, being a marathon running coach for my son's marathon team. I kid you not, I was doing all of it. And I was, I was doing my hobbies. I was cycling, running, doing aerial, which is hanging from the ceiling upside down on a hoop or silks. <laughs> and I was pushing myself to the breaking point. And at one point I fell during aerial, and I fell hard, and I got a concussion, a minor one, but I also herniated a disc and fractured two vertebrae. Now, I knew I herniated the disc. I could tell almost immediately. Um, looked up all my symptoms online. I was like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. But did I stop? No. I still ran marathons and half marathons. I still performed in aerial performances. I was still doing my grad school and working full time. I was still doing all of that stuff. And probably about a week after my marathon, and I was the coach on my son's marathon team, and I ran the marathon as well, um, I got ill. I got sick. And being sick made me be on my back for about a week. <laughs> my body just stopped working. 
after that week of being flat out sick on my back, I, I, I couldn't walk. I had sciatica so brutal and so bad and so painful, I couldn't walk. And I would step, my foot would hit the ground, and it would be like electric jolts would go through my body. I went from being pretty flexible, mildly, I mean, I'm not like super bendy flexy, but I'm flexible enough, um, to not even being able to get my fingers past my knees. Like I had almost no range of movement. I, I was in so much pain. And why was I in that pain? Because I wouldn't slow down. I wouldn't quit. I'd work too hard for it. And so my body said, well, you're quitting. You have to quit. You have to start taking care of me. You have to start listening to me. Because if you don't, you're going to kill yourself. <laughs> and so I had to move on to, I go to physical therapy every week. Still, it's two years later. I go to physical therapy every week. I'm trying to avoid surgery. Apparently, my back is really bad and they want to do surgery, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and um, I have had to move to exercise that's much kinder to my body, uh, Pilates, walking, stand-up paddleboard. Even yoga is often too hard on my back. So I have to be very careful. But what I realized is sometimes you have to quit. Sometimes you work too hard not to quit. That quitting something that is hurting you when you're putting too much pressure on yourself, that's the right thing to do. It's also the hardest thing in the entire world for me to do. Like I don't quit. And so if I quit, you know, it's a good reason. <laughs> So that last statement I said to Simone Biles was, oh, this is the real big one. Strong women don't quit. As if for even a fraction of a second, I could even look at Simone and say she wasn't a strong woman. Not only is she physically insanely strong, she's also mentally strong. Mentally strong enough for her to say, hey, Something happened. She explains it as she got the twisties when she was doing one of her practice faults. And the twisties, as she describes it, is well, let me let me go back. So gymnasts, when they they practice and they practice, they know exactly where their body is in space and they know exactly where they are in the turns and they know exactly what needs to happen for their feet to hit the ground. Because if their feet don't hit the ground, they can break their necks, right? Serious. Their life is in jeopardy. And so they know this. They, their bodies, their brains, every fiber of their being knows exactly where they are in space. They train for this for hours and hours and hours so that it's, it's automatic and natural. What she explained was she was doing a practice vault right before she was supposed to go on and she got what she calls the twisties. Now, other gymnasts describe the twisties in really scary terms. It's basically you're up in the air, off the ground, and you don't know where you are. You can't tell where your head and your hands and your feet are. And you know you're coming down to the ground and you don't know what's going to hit first. Your body is so twisted. Your, the messages your brain is sending to the rest of your body, they're not working. 
They're not going right. And this is what happened to Simone. And she was smart enough to know if I get these twisties and I compete, I can, I can break my neck. I can break a leg. I can, something seriously terrible could happen. And this isn't safe. And as other gymnasts explain it, the twisties, once they happen to you one time, it takes an entire regimen of retraining your body and your brain to work together to get over those twisties. It can be done, but it takes quite a bit of time. And that's not something Simone could take care of in the couple of days that she had before she needed to compete. So she said, I can't do this. This isn't safe. I quit. And you know what? Is there any... I, I'm almost speechless. Like there's no more courageous form of strength than saying, yeah, I worked hours and hours and hours and my entire life has been devoted to this sport and for this moment. And I know that it's not safe for me to continue. So I need to quit. Is there any more form of strength than that? I mean, that is insane strength. So she didn't quit on her team. She didn't quit on herself. In fact, her teammate, Sunisa Lee, went on to win gold in the all-around competition. She won gold. So what Simone did by saying, I need to take care of myself, I need to remove myself from the situation, was she gave her teammate the opportunity to rise to her own excellence, and she did. And there was Simone Biles clapping for her. Simone even posted on her Instagram, congratulations. There were pictures of her cheering her on. So it was Simone's strength, determination, and grit that, and self-love that helped her teammate to get gold, helped build the strength of that team, and helped all of the women on that team to do their best. And that's amazing. That's amazing. And it's a really great lesson for us all. So this makes me really hopeful. I learned such a powerful lesson from this phenomenal 24-year-old young woman. So here I am, 47 years old, and I am still trying to learn the strength of not quitting on myself, of realizing that quitting things that are harming me is actually me choosing myself, me not quitting on myself. And when I don't quit on myself, then I'm leaving the door open for the people around me to be their best, my children to be their best, because they don't have a stressed out, awful, terrible, horrible mom. So they can be their best. We can have a happy family, right? And they can rise and we can laugh. And they're so much happier when mom's not stressed out. So Brene Brown has a quote that says, we cultivate love when we allow our most vulnerable and powerful selves to be deeply seen and known. Just think about that for a minute. We cultivate love. We cultivate love around us when we allow our most vulnerable and powerful. Vulnerability is so powerful to be deeply seen and known. So Simone, I see you and your beautiful strength. 
listeners, I see you and your beautiful strengths. And I want you to know that I am working hard (laughs) to have this beautiful strength in myself as well. So Simone, I hope we can all follow your example and be as strong as you and live beautiful, honest, true, vulnerable, powerful lives like you do. And my listeners, I've enjoyed chatting with you today. I hope you've enjoyed my titillating talk as much as I have. And um, I hope to hear from you. So please feel free to DM me on Instagram and tell me what you thought of this. Uh, Also, love for you to subscribe if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast. You subscribing helps other people to see the show. Pass it on to your friends. We hope that we can touch as many lives as possible and help um, women in um, to live a joyful, empowered life after divorce. We want you to have love and life at your most powerful. I hope you have a beautiful day and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the Love and Life After Divorce podcast. If anything resonated with you in the podcast, I would love to hear about it. Please DM me on my Instagram at Tiffany Kane. Also, if this podcast makes you think of a friend that could benefit from hearing this message of support and empowerment, please share it with her. And remember, this podcast is sponsored by the Love and Life After Divorce membership group, We would be so thrilled to have you join. Have a beautiful day. And remember, of course, it's all about you. Hashtag self-love.